Okay, let's get started with Parshas Noach, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we continue now in the new year, in the beginning of Sefer Bracious, and we talk about Parshas Noach, one of the most colorful Parshios that we remember from uh, our childhood, from all of our life. Parshas Noach, the beginning of the rainy season, the Mabal, according to one of the Tanam, starts in Cheshvan, and we just have Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan today, so it is a great time to talk about the Parsha. And we start off with something very special. Start off with the Malbim. We don't often comment, bring comments from the Malbim in our Parsha Shira. Maybe we should more. He is more known for his comments on Navi, as we uh, use him in the Navi Shirim. But the Malbim says that there is something very unique that we have to think about when we think about the dimensions of the Teva. And we'll start off, though, first with the Pasuk and Mishlei. You don't have the Pasuk and Mishlei in front of you. I'll read it to you. Perak Yudches Pasuk Yud. The Pasuk tells us, and the Zohar, that he quotes, the Malbim quotes part of it, discusses this Pasuk. The Pasuk in the Mishlei says, Migdal Oz Shem Hashem. Migdal Oz Shem Hashem. A strong tower is the name of God. Bo Yarutz Tzadik V'Nizgav. In it, in that tower, a Tzadik uh, can find strength. That's the Pasuk. A strong tower is the name of God, and a tzaddik runs to it. The Zohar says, that's referring to the Teva. Somehow the Teva is the Shem Hashem, and that's what we take refuge in. That's what we get protection in. So what is going on there? What does that mean? That the Shem Hashem is the Teva, and we get protection in the Teva, and that's what the Pasuk is referring to. It's the Migdal Oz. What exactly is going on? The Malbim adds in one other question. He quotes that from the Tikkunei Zohar, that the protection is somehow related to Sukkot Shalom, a protection of peace, like we say, Apori Sukkot Shalom Aleinu. So what's the connection between the Sukkot Shalom? Let's read the words of the Malbim. Bala Rameiz, Shashem Yifros Al Ha'olam HaChadash, Sukkot Shalom, Kemo Be'er B'Tikkunei Zohar, Shehu Yichud Havaya Vadoshem. What is going on here? Says the Malbim, there are two Shemos of Hashem that we could focus on. One is Yud Vavke, and one is Shem Adnus, Aleph Dalin Nun Yud. Well, that's how we pronounce every name of Hashem. We don't pronounce Yud Vavke, we pronounce it Ado, but really that's another name. Sometimes it says in the Torah, Aleph Dalin Nun Yud, which is my master, but it is a shame of Hashem. Aleph Dalin Nun Yud, Yud, Yud Vavke. What does each of those names represent? What do they signify? Says the Malbim. Shashem Havaya Mora Al Shemahave Umechadesh. Shem Havaya Yudke Vavke symbolizes Hayahobeviyah, symbolizes Hashem is in charge of everything, everything that was, is, and will be. That's Shem Havaya. And he's Machadesh Bechol Yom Tamid. That's that name of Yudke Vavke. Vishem Adnus, the Shem Alav Dalanun Yud, Mora Al Hashmira Vahashkacha. Not only that he is all-powerful, but he is protective. He is watching over. He is personally involved. So each of those, so to speak, are needed by the Teva. In the story of Parshas Noach, where it's all about Hashem is in charge, Hashem is mamtir, Hashem brings the rain, Hashem causes the uh, downpour, and on the other hand, Hashem is the protective one. Says the Malbim, let's remember for a minute the dimensions of the Teva. If we look in Parak Vav, Pasik, Pasik, Tez Vav, Vav, Tez Vav, the Torah tells us, 
The length is 300 amos. 50 amos wide. 30 high. 300 by 50 by 30. Says the Malbin. If we take these two names of Hashem, Alev Dalad Nun Yud, Yud Ke Vav Ke, and we parallel, we multiply the first letter in each one times the other one, the second letter times the other one, the third times the other one, the fourth times the other one. So, Aleph and Yud, right? One times ten. I wrote a little bit of math on the side, probably the first time in nine years that I did some math on the Parsha sheets. So, if you do the Aleph and the Yud, so you have ten times one, that's ten. If we do the next two letters, Hey and Dalit, so that's five times four is twenty. Then you have the third letters, Nun and Nun and uh, Vav. That's 50 times 6 is 300. And finally, the last letters, Yud and He, which is um, is the last uh, column, which is 5 times 10, which is another 50. Says the Malbim, if you think about it now, all of these names of Hashem basically symbolize the dimensions of the Teva. Right? It's 300 by 50 by 30. Right, the 30 is 10 each for each of the floors. So that's why you might say the 20 is put together with the 10. Because the 20 are the, is the zevil on the behemoths, which we'll get to a little bit later. And on the top, separately, are the humans on the, on the top floor. But the dimensions of the teva, that's Shem Hashem. That's the Zohar. The teva is a physical teva, but think about it. If it was boiling hot water and 40 days and 40 nights... It's not logically possible that it would have survived in that water. It was really the Shem Hashem that was protecting them. What does the Zohar say? Pasuk in Mishlei, Migdal Oz Shem Hashem. Noach runs to the Shem Hashem. That's really what protected him. Ketzad, and the Malbim says exactly what we just said. Huasara. He goes through all the math. And in that way we realize that the Teva was really a physical concretization of Shem Hashem, Hashem's protection, both of Yud Kevavke, that He is all powerful, and Adnus, uh, He could do everything, He is protective, He is all. And then He just adds one other point, which is if anybody's into Gematria, this is already a little Gematria, not so Malbimesque, but it's a classic, so we have to mention it. He says, if you add up all of the three numbers, so if you add up the three numbers, 350 and 20 and 10, it is 380. Shalom, Sukkah Shalom, 376. But in Gematria, you could always add one for the letter itself. So that's 380. 380, that is the Shalom, the peace that Hashem assured that would rest on the Teva, right, through His name, through His protection. That is also what He quotes from the Tikkune Zohar. Okay, this is wonderful and amazing. Does it have any Lamaisa effects for us? Does it have any messages that we could take with us? Okay, it sounds beautiful that the dimensions exactly work out. Now maybe we'll, we could remember the dimensions because we know 30 by 50 by, by, uh, by 300 suggests, and if you look now in the Rabbi Bernstein Sefer and the Agatha Sefer, which we've quoted in the past, he quotes as a profound lesson here. Because so often in life we find ourselves in mobbles. We find ourselves flooded by, by information, flooded by culture, flooded by something that does not make it so comfortable for an Ovein Hashem to be around. We have to go into our Teva. And our Teva is Shem Hashem. Our Teva is our connection to God. And the more we connect to Hashem, the more we protect ourselves. With Yud Kei Vav Kei Al Nun Yud, before we connect to that, 
then we can be saved just as Noah and his family were saved. When Hashem told Noah, in Rabbi Bernstein's words, how to make an ark to protect him from the flood in his time, he was also giving him the formula for an ark which would protect from future floods. If the flood consists of water, then an ark made of cedar wood and covered with tar will protect you from it. But there may come a time when the flood consists of things which could go through walls of wood or any other material for that matter. In that case, the only ark that will protect you is the name of Hashem. It is an ark that you will carry with you. It helps you when there are no walls which cannot be broken through by the flood. This is the flood that we see in our times and God's name is the Tower of Strength. We have to connect ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and in that way we can protect ourselves through the waves, through the waves of, of, um, of time and the waves of the culture that we, that we uh, find ourselves in. If you remember, the, uh, the Gemara at the end of Yavamas uh, tells us, and this is quoted by a number of the Lom de Dachayomi, at least once every seven and a half years, the Gemara at the end of Yavamas tells us that two of the Tanoim uh, were each riding on a boat, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, and one of them sees the other boat capsize and, and just, just disintegrate. And he was so distraught, I think it was Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, there's two stories, one after another. Around there in, in the end of Yavamas. And one of them says, oh, I can't believe what happened to my friend. He goes back to shore, he goes, and all of a sudden he sees his friend who was in the capsized boat, is giving shear in the yeshiva. He says to him, what happened? How, how were you saved? He says, Daf shall spin on his damini. There was a board of the, of the boat that, that I grabbed onto. I held onto it for dear life and I was able to get to shore. The language of the Gemara is, Daf shall svina. Daf shall svina in his damini. The daf of the boat, of the boat, happened to me. And v'chol gal v'gal, by every wave that happened to me, I just grabbed onto that daf and I was able to survive the waves that were going on top. So many also say, that's related to the Daf Gemara. Whether one loves Daf Yomi or just opens up a Daf Gemara. Right? That's what we connect ourselves through that. We can get ourselves through any waves that we find ourselves in. Just hold on tight. Whether it's the Daf Shosvina or Noach's case. Surrounding ourselves by what HaKadosh Baruch told him to create. And that is the physical, the physical tape. Okay, that gets us started with a major thought about the Teva. Now just two horrors. Two little horrors. This is really food for thought. The following comment uh, to bring up, to think about, and to um, focus on. So we have what did Noah bring onto the teva? What did Noah bring onto the teva? We spoke in past years at length on the first pasuk. We're not doing that this year about Noah's status as an individual tzaddik, tzaddik gomer compared to Abraham. That was a topic that we discussed in past years, but not for this year. So the Torah tells us. What was on the table with Noah? All the animals, right? Different numbers of animals. From every live animal, two of each. From the birds, also. And then seven of the kosher animals in order to bring carbonos. And then the Torah continues and tells us, well, he also had to bring food, right? What did he bring? Take all types of food. Noach needed every type of food that every type of animal would eat. That's pretty amazing. Just ask the local zookeeper and think about how much food, how many types of food had to be brought. So you and your animals will have what to eat. 
parenthetically, the post can discuss why does it say lacha v'lahem lachla? You're supposed to feed your animal before you feed yourself, right? The Gemara and Brachas. Anyway, but that's what it says. It doesn't say anywhere that Noach brought water onto the Teva. There was a lot of water outside the Teva. Did they drink anything that year? It says ma'achal. It says food. So they brought food. Nowhere, and says the Zion Torah, I didn't, think, I didn't see anybody talk about it. Did we ever think about this in all of our years? Did they drink anything on the Teva? They had food. But where would they have kept water? Source number three. Umayim. Okay, already the, the amount of food. But you could, you could say, they just brought it. You don't need containers. Just bring it onto the Teva. Where's the water? Nobody talks about it. I have two suggestions. One of them is a possibility, and the other one is a little more difficult. Number one. It says he brought ma'achal. Okay, so it brings water. It means water too. Eating includes drinking. Even some Rishonim that say, we don't pass in this way, that only if you eat and drink. Achila includes shtia. the sheet of the Uraim. You only chayat the rice at a bench. We're drinking also. But shtia bechal achila, so maybe it's included. He brought water in for himself, for all the animals. He brought it all in too. Just add that to the to the squash quarters on the on the teva. Kemosha lakach v'asaf el teva mikol machal asher yachel umatasi remez lazev edivrei haramban. He quotes the remez. The ramban alludes to this on the pasuk v'mayim ha yuhalok v'chaser shekasa v'derech agav. He just says as a passing thought. Ki rabim asher betocha v'hamachal v'hamashke ha'yahar be maot. So the ramban just has that word without explaining. The food and the liquid were tremendous. There was a huge amount. So there was a lot of water on the table. Okay, even though it doesn't say anything. And we would think that the Rishonim should talk about it, but they don't. Except that one line in the Rabbah. And then he has an amazing suggestion, which he says, probably not, but he still writes it in his commentary. Says the Azayim LaTorah, Shehaya LaTeva Chibur Maybe there was a little faucet that the other side of the faucet was on the outside. And whenever they needed water, they opened. That one, though, is... It'll help that they didn't have to... The Torah doesn't say he brought water on the Teva. So that helps with that, but a little more difficult that he, this would happen. Why? Right, the, the water of the sea is not drinkable. It was boiling, it was hot, it was bitter. So that's a ha'ara. What they do about the water on the Teva? Number one. Second ha'ara, just to mention again, it's just food for thought. And that is a thought that Revolbi just mentions. We're back to Revolbi. Revolbi we have on Braces and Shmos. Revolbi in his Shishure Chumish, source number four. We know the Pasuk tells us that there were three floors that we just mentioned. Taktiyim, Shnim, Ushlishim, Ta'aseha. And Rashi quotes the three floors were for the three levels of needs. Gimel Aliyo Zuo Gavzu, Elyonim La'adam, Emsayim Lamador, Taktiyim Lizevel. Right? So the Elyonim was for uh, right, the uh, people, and then for the animals, and then for the Zevel. So the Revolve just notes 
It's amazing that all the animals in the entire on earth had one floor and eight people had another floor. So it's just interesting to, to think about that, that they might have split it up differently. But that's what he says, just to think about that. It must have been pretty packed on that, on that middle floor, right? And upstairs, they had, they had some room to, to, to stretch. Right, Noach, his sons, and their wives. That's all. Right, they're all in the middle. So, HaKadosh Baruch obviously had it that way for a reason. Maybe it wasn't just, it was physical floors, but it was also had, had deeper significance as well. That the people had to be on top, the people had to be on the higher floor. So just two little ha'aris to think about the teva, one about water, and one about the different, the different floors. Maybe they needed only eight people there because they had to have enough room for the food and the water, right, on that, uh, on that floor. But either way, that is just something to, to think about. Okay, moving right along. A thought that came up about four or five years ago, but now we're going to expand upon it a little bit more. If we look at the dimensions, as we spoke about before, 300 by, by 50 by 30, even those dimensions, though the large structure that the table was, it shouldn't be able to fit all of the animals. Even if we try to minimize and say, oh, these are really from the same species and these all, all can be connected. It's still, how do they all fit? And that's the question of the Ramban and that's the question of Rabbeinu Bachai. And they both acknowledge that it obviously was a miracle. Obviously it was a miracle. And therefore, let's read the words of Rabbeinu Bachai. Four years ago we did the Ramban. This year we'll do Rabbeinu Bachai. He adds a little bit to what the Ramban said earlier. Hashem said, commanded to build it exactly with these dimensions. Based on the amount of species that have to come into the Teva. The Teva was relatively tiny. Remember, all animals. Comes up on tomorrow's Dafyomi. Elephants in the Talmud. There are no elephants in Tanakh. But there are elephants in the world. And if they're in the world, they had to go on to the Teva. The Teva doesn't list off any specific animals. But Noah had to take all of them. All the big ones, all the small ones, everything. So says Rabbeinu Bachai. Says, says the Ramban. Right, if you're going to quote any animal, that's the one to quote. The, the elephants. That's a great line. Fifty tevas wouldn't be able to hold everything. I mean, one teva. Fifty tevas wouldn't be able to hold everything. It was obviously a tremendous miracle. Fine, that's obvious, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar in the Ramban. But if that's the case, then, then they ask the following follow-up question. If it was a miracle anyway, nothing was going to be able to fit. So why don't you just build a sailboat? Not a sailboat. Why don't you just build a small boat? It's going to be a miracle anyway. So what was the purpose of building a large structure if you needed a super duper, a hundred of these structures? 
If it was going to be a miracle anyway, so why did Hashem give him specific instructions? And with dimensions, make three levels. Hashem could have saved them without a teva. Hashem could have made them fly. Hashem could have made them float on water. There are many ways. The whole the whole thing was a was a miracle anyway. So why does Hashem go make him go through all of the trouble of building? Why did Hashem pick the teva as the way to solve and save his creatures? And again, the roots of this are in the Ramban, but Rabbi Machai expands a little bit. God always demands that we do the most that we can. Hashem always wants us to meet Him, I wouldn't say halfway, but as much as we could do. That's what Hashem demands from us. What does that mean? Right, that means if Batsya sees Moshe Rabbeinu out in the water and there's no way that she could reach, but she still sticks out her arm. And then it gets longer. Because Hashem needs us to take the first step and not only the first step, as much as we can do. We do so much, then Hashem comes in and fills in the rest. Even if it's a miracle. But we have to do as much as childless as we can do. That's what he said. That's the derech Torah to command the person to do everything he can, and whatever is missing, Hashem will finish. The al derech zetimsa bechol hanisim batorah im testakel bahem. There's always something that is needed by the person. Ki afapishehim before samim yesh bohem teva b'miksas. Many miracles required something done by a person. It wasn't just you know you sit back. You sit back and you watch, like a movie. Right? Hashem doesn't do Nisim like that. Everything required, by Yericho, what we, even by Yericho, we had to walk around for seven days, we had to start screaming and make noise with the shofaros and the chatzotros. We had to do something. You know, we could have knocked down the walls, but we had to do something. And that's what always has to be. Let's think about it, says the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. Every war that we fight, every war that the Jewish people fight is based on miracle. But we still need an army. The Psukim in Shoftim, where they have, a, they have the, he says, to go behind and then have an uh, ambush. Hashem's helping you anyway. No, you have to do everything you could do. What do you have to go through the motions like the, all the other nations do? Why? Says the Ramban, this is exactly our, says the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, this is our point. That is why, Noah, you got to build a big teva. Noach, you got to build huge, so you can fit a lot. You can't even fit close, but that's the best you could do. It took him 120 years to build it, right? That's another reason, by the way, we're not going to go to that now. Another reason, so to give them time to, to do tshuva. 
why Hashem told them to save them in this way. But this is Rabbeinu Bachai. Once we have Revolbi open, turn the page, we go to, to another Revolbi. Revolbi quotes this idea and he just gives a couple of other examples. A couple of other examples to this uh, so that we have, that we don't sit on the side. Second paragraph in source number six. It was a little light, so I uh, wrote in some of the words. Roim Yisod Zeg Gam Eitzel Moshe Rabbeinu Keshehika Alasela. When Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock. When he was supposed to hit the rock. Not in Chukas, when he was supposed to talk to the rock. But earlier, he was supposed to hit the rock. What does Rashi quote there? It's a Rashi that we don't always catch. Shelokach Mate Chazak. He smashed the stick next to the rock. He took something strong. Why? It's all what? It's natural for water to come from a rock. Just tap it. Give a little. Give a little tap. No. Moses got to use his koach. Moses got to do as much as he can, and then Hashem will make the miracle. Roem shezulo haisa hakasimlit elohutzrach lahakos bechal kocho ulamait benes. As much as we could do. Kemochein, Roam Yisod, Zekshar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu, Lufnei Petiraso, She'yaleh al-Hahar, Lerot, and Eretz Yisrael. Hashem lifts Moshe up in Parshat Zosah Bracha and says, Come up the mountain and look and you'll see the entire land of Israel. Can you see the entire land of Israel from one spot where Moshe Rabbeinu was standing? Hagam Shavofan Tidi, Lohaya Yochel Liros, is called Eretz Yisrael. You couldn't see it. Hashem says, Come up and look. You do what you could do and the rest is up to me. And that, of course, applies to everything in our lives. Hashem doesn't sit, like, we, like the Pasuk says, the mitzvah, the mitzvah of piruk v'ti'ina, prika v'ti'ina, helping unload and load an animal. What does the Pasuk say? In the Gemara Darshan, in the Hakem Takim Imo. If he's doing it, you can help. If he's, not, if he's sitting on the bench and saying, hey, it's your mitzvah, you do it, I'm sitting and taking a rest, then there's no mitzvah. Kodesh Baruch does that to us as well. Hakim takim imo. If we're helping ourselves, if we're doing as much as we can, sometimes certain projects, certain undertakings seem beyond. Right? Anyone who's ever been in charge of any type of project sometimes thinks that it's impossible. It's never going to happen. But you know what the great successful stories are? Let's just start. Let's just start and do it. Hashem Yazar, Kodesh Baruch will finish up the rest. That is what we learn from the dimensions being big, even though not big enough, not nearly big enough. But that's what we learn in our lives. Always do everything we could do. Okay. Moving right along. A chazal that many of us are familiar with, but a very, again, interesting question that Rav Sarotskin clues us into. Perek Zion, we have a lot of twos tonight. We have two Revolbis, two Rav Sarotskins. Perek Zion, Pasuk Dal. Now we're into Perek Zion. So what happens to Perek Zion? Hashem says to Noach, it's time. It's time to go in. You go in because you're a tzaddik. Right? Rashi says, All the tar, kosher animals take seven of each. We discussed that in past years. How could you call animals ish v'ishto? Not zachar unakeva. What does that mean? Okay, well, back to Zachar and Akeva there by birds. Why go into the Teva? Because Hashem says, In another seven days, I'm going to bring rain. 40 days and 40 nights. Right here in this Pasuk, we have two of the most popular numbers in Jewish thought. We have seven and we have 40. 
Right? Both of those come up very often in Jewish history. 40 comes up all the time in the Torah. Right? 40 years and 40 days and 40 days three times on Harsinai. 40 years in the desert and 40 uh, in the mikvah and 40 uh, days before uh, Avlad and 40 days after fertilization. 40 is all over. Right here, 40. 40 days it takes to fertilize. Well, Hashem is making a new world here. So 40 days. And seven, obviously, is a number that comes up all the time. So Hashem says, in another seven days, I'm going to start a bomble. What do you mean in another seven days? It's been 120 years. Why do you just say, okay, it's done. I'm, I'm ready to bring a bomble now. It's been 120 years. No, Chazal say, no, seven more days. Why? Why did Hashem, quote unquote, delay it for another seven days? Says Rashi, Liyamim Shiva, Elu Zayin Yimei Evlo Mr. Shalach just died. So Hashem didn't want to, you know, bashter the, the uh, zechronos of Mr. Shalach. He lived the longest in history. Nobody's going to live like him. There's a lot to talk about for 969 years. A lot of his them to give. So Hashem says, I'll give another week. You may have low. Shehachas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Al Kfodo V'ikevet HaPuronus it works out when Noach was 600 years old okay seven days and there are other reasons given also the, uh, we mentioned a, a Yerushalmi a Yerushalmi mentions discusses I think on our first year many years ago Yerushalmi says Hashem was sitting Shiva for the world that was the seven days Usually, though, Shiva is post facto, because we're not Nevi'im. So after an event occurs, so then, Shiva. But Hashem knew he was going to destroy the world. So once he had that knowledge, he said Shiva. Just like the Tartimim quotes Yerushalmi by David HaMelech, when he sat on the floor before his son died, that Hashem told him was going to die. And then afterwards, he got up and washed. Because Hashem told him, Hashem tells him, he already said Shiva. So Hashem said Shiva for the world. Okay, in either case... Let's go back to the Mr. Shalach reason. Ask Rav Saratskin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew exactly when Mashiach Mr. Shalach was going to die. He knew. So, what happened here? Hashem says, 120 years. Oh, oh, Mr. Shalach. Oh, okay, let's wait another week. What does that mean? So, why didn't Hashem just wait originally a week to give the 120 year warning? Well, it's, we get the impression that it was Dafka separated. 120 and then 7. How are we supposed to understand that? Such a straightforward, simple question that, that we never think about. Says the Azayim LaTorah. Ta'amim arbein emru l'dichu yizeh. There are many reasons given for this dichu. You may have shabo bayom eis mesushelach. Right? Mesushelach died that day. Has paid them shol zadikim akiv as a peronis. And the hesped is ma'akiv, a little different formulation, not just to give cover to him, but hespedim are ma'akiv. Number two, sha'asa ayel musushelech lamus kichlos ha'shiva yamim. Or he was going to die at the end of the seven. So, another different, another one. Either way, line 10. Ulishnea ta'amim kasha. But according to both of these reasons, something to do with Mr. Shalach is difficult. Halo yada adon kalanashamos. Matai yamus musushalach. Hashem knew 120 years earlier exactly when Musushalach was going to die. Why didn't Hashem work it out that the 120 years would finish after Musushalach's Shiva? Or whatever the reason is. 
What's going on here? Hashem knew. So there must be a specific reason why Hashem had it this way. It was 120 years and then another seven days. Reminds us a little bit of the, uh, of the Mishteh in the first parak in the Megillah. It was a six months and then another week. Right? Like, like separated, just to show something. There was to show how shakua they were. Six months wasn't enough. You need more. So here also, it's separated. Why separated? So again, the Azam Latar gives two, two ideas. Two ideas. Number one. Number one, line 21. Based on a medrash. Shahadichui mipnei hespeid shalach. The point was for Mr. Shalach to die, and then you have a week of espadim. Often, says Rav Saratskin, and hopefully, espadim of a tzaddik, or even just the death of a tzaddik, could inspire, could, could, could affect. We hear all about the tzaddik. Right, so, number one, maybe he wants, it was the week because he thought maybe to give them another chance to do tshuva, the, the door. Right, another week of the Hespedim, so hopefully that'll help. Number one. But there's a second idea. Psychology. When we think, oh, 120 years, yeah, we don't do anything. For 120 years, every day, they walk down the street, oh, there's the old man again with his boat. Right, there he is again with his boat. It, like, it was, already didn't mean anything to them. It was so many years. Every day, every day, nothing. They needed something to jar them. They needed something that was different. That was different that somehow. What happens? It's, they start going on to the Tefa. Oh, whoa. He's actually doing it. He's actually going on to this boat that he built. He's actually... That week was for Noah to do something different that he had been doing and psychologically you had to break through. They were so used to seeing him build and screaming at them but they were already, they were already immune to it. They already didn't affect them. So now, right, Kuf Chav Shana, Eiza Teba, V'sarach V'shtuzeh, Sh'azak Ashrach V'imabul, Loshaz Farlibo, L'noach U'lochal Amosah. They didn't talk to him. But, line 7, Ava Pitom, Banoach V'omer, Ki Binyan HaTeva Nigmar. Okay, guys, I've been telling you, I'm finished. Now, I'm going in. It's like sometimes when a parent is dealing with a child, it's the next step. When they say, okay, now I'm leaving, now I'm leaving. Right, Noach says, I'm leaving now. I'm out of here. All the animals start going on the table. And the nation, the generation, the people, oh, they're actually going on. The, the Teva is accepting some animals, not other animals. Why are they going so orderly? Two by two, seven by seven? That's amazing. Where are they all fitting? How do they keep going? It's like the opposite of the clown car, right? They keep going on and on and on, and they keep going. And there's room. This was the chance that Abu Kharish Baruch was giving. This was the psychological difference between what has been going on for years. Hashem was giving them another chance. They see it, 
and they see the animals neged ateva shalahem coming to the teva. Right, levroch. Right, they should be running away from the teva. Right, usually animals run away from people. Here they're coming. Halo azmana katan hazach reizmana gadol. That was supposed to make a roshem. Supposed to make a roshem. One also might just generalize it and say we had a very similar formulation. But sometimes when we think we have a lot of time to do something, it never gets done. When we're under a pressure, when we know that it's like, it's, there's a deadline, it's much easier. 120 years, he keeps saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now he says, one week. That's it. One week. That's all there's left. So maybe that was supposed to. They knew that he said 120 years. They knew the time was up. And now he's saying, one week, done. And that's why... We have a separation between the 120 and the 7. Okay. Moving right along. Something very special that came up this week in the Navi Shirim. Those of the Navi Shirim want to listen. We started Sefer Yeshayahu this week. And Rabbi Schwab has an unbelievable Sefer on Sefer Yeshayahu. And something came up this week in the Navi Shirim that has to do with Parshas Noach. So, here it is. Says the Pasek. Perak Zayin Pasek Chavbez. Zayin Chavbez. The Torah tells us. There was a plenty of water. Pasig Yurches first. The table was lifted up. All the high mountains were covered. Fifteen Amos high. Major discussion in the Rishonim. Rashi, the Ramban. What are these fifteen Amos? Is it above the mountains? Is it not... The, trying to put a number of these Sukkim together describing the rain, it's difficult. It's difficult. And the dates, Rashi, Ebenezer, Ramban, all the Rishonim try to figure it out. Not for now. But this is the passage we're going to focus on. All animals died that were outside the table. And all people. But that's the end of the Pasuk. But there's another Pasuk. That Pasuk tells us all animals and people died. But there's another Pasuk describing the Adam that died. So Pasuk Chaf Aleph says that all animals died and all people died. Next Pasuk says anything that had Nishmas Ruach Chayim Ba'apav died. Isn't that a repeat? Rav Shrab doesn't make this Ha'ara, but I'll ask. What is that referring to? Pasuk, is that referring to people? The Chol Ha'adam? That's usually how we describe Nishmas Ruach Chayim Ba'apav. Right? Anybody who has the breath of life. Right? What does it say in last week's parasha? Fa'ipach Ba'apav Nishmat Chayim, referring to people. So Pasuk is referring to Adam. So what is this Pasuk teaching me? We know from the previous Pasuk. V'chal Adam. They died. What is this Pasuk? Pasuk Chavbeis adding that we didn't know in Pasuk Chavbeis. So, said, Rabbi Shav doesn't ask that question, but his thought is going to answer that. Rabbi Shav knows that there is a Pasuk in Yeshayahu, the last Pasuk in the second parak. Beis Chavbeis, source number eight. Chidzlu Lachem, Yeshayahu Anavi tells Am Yisrael, stop trusting in human beings. Stop trusting in Rishon, people who are not good role models. Chidzlu Lachem, Min Adam. Stop trusting people. Asher Neshama V'yapo. That's the same Russian. That has the neshama in his nostrils. Kibamenech shavu. What is man? Start turning to God. 
Enough of man. But there's that Lushan again. Asher Neshama Va'apo. Answer of Schwab. What's the message of the emphasis of the Neshama in the nostrils? Here this Pasuk in Yeshayahu, Neshama Va'apo. The Pasuk in here, in, our, in, in Noah, Nishmas, right? Ruach Chaim Va'apav. What's with the nostrils? Why, why focus on the nose? Says Rav Schwab. Hashem breathed into each human being a Nishmas Chaim. Through the nose, let's say. That's what it says. The question is, do we allow that neshama to expand into our lives, to affect all parts of our body, to sanctify ourselves through that neshama? Or do we leave the neshama, so to speak, in our nose and just use it for breathing? And in that way, we're just like the animals. That's the question. The phrase, neshama ba'apo, the neshama in the nose, in the nostril, is emphasizing if somebody leaves the neshama in the nostrils, that's animalistic. That's animal-like. You're not using your neshama for anything more than breathing. Neshama here in the sense of, of, of life, of spiritual life, not even spiritual life, metaphysical life. An animal has some type of life too. When an animal is dead, it's dead. When the animal has life, who gives it that life? Who gives it a soul of some kind? Some type of chius. That chius is the ruach ba'apav. So says Rav however, this God-given gift, the human soul, was not intended to be only a breath of life and remain in man's nostrils as a means of allowing it to live as all animals do. That's not the end. That's the beginning. Rather, the gift of the human soul was meant to pervade the entire human being. Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam Chofes Kochad Revaten. The Nishmas Adam is supposed to be throughout our, our, our bodies. The Nishamba was intended by God to take possession of the entire inner man, to permeate, control every aspect of his life. If it remains in the nostrils, and he merely takes advantage of its great God-given gift of intelligence and creativity for his own edification, to enable him to discover the hidden secrets of nature, to travel the moon, even to harness world-destructive thermonuclear power. I, I use it for great things, but not for constructive uses, to be sanctify myself. The human being is no more than a highly intelligent animal, which also has a breath of life in his nostrils. That's the message he says of the Mabel. What was this? It says, V'chal Adam, Or Adam. And then, adding a Pasuk. Which Adam? Fascinating. He doesn't emphasize this, but maybe this is what he means. V'chal Adam, because they were just like animals. Nishlami has explained, says the Torah. In the previous Pasuk, Pasuk Chabali, of all the animals that are in all of Adam. Next Pasuk. Kol Asher Nishmas Ruachayim Ba'apav. Maybe that's even going on and modifying both creatures that were in the previous Pasuk. Both the animals and the people that acted like animals. That's the message of that phrase. And that's what Yishayahu Anavi says. Emphasizing, why do you trust someone, people, who have neshama vapo? And he quotes at the end, there Rabbi Schwab said he heard this thought at a hesped given by Rabbi Breuer in Frankfurt, while he, Rabbi Schwab, was still a student at the yeshiva there in 1925. So, we have, 90 years later, been trying to be mafarsim, that thought that was said about 90 years ago, and in uh, Germany, and... We will leave it at that, but that's Rabbi Schwab, something very special 
gives us an insight into what our life is supposed to be about. How we're supposed to take it to the next level. That Hashem gives us life, but then what do we do with that gift of, of life? Okay, moving right along. Moving right along. There's so much to talk about here. We're trying to cover a number of the uh, stories. We have the Teva. We have the, the finishing up of the Mabel. Hashem gives Noach a special bracha. Puravu is repeated. His mora should be on all the animals. He's allowed to eat meat. And then Hashem makes a special covenant with Noah. By Chamishi. I'm going to make a special covenant. I'm not going to destroy them anymore. This is the oat. This is the sign that I'm giving between me and you. I'm making a special covenant. What's the oath? As we know, the rainbow. And this will be the sign. So when there are clouds, and the rainbow is visible in the Anan, I will remember the bris between me and between you. And I won't bring another marble. Question. This is not asked by the source that we're going to do, but it'll be answered by it as well. There's going to be a lot of emphasis about ananim. Very a lot of emphasis. It doesn't just say keshes. Every time it says the word keshes, it talks about an anan. Pasig yud gimel. Es kashti nasati be'anan. Pasig yud alad. Fahaya ba'anani anan al ha'aretz v'nerata ha'keshet be'anan. Five times. What's the emphasis? It's the keshes. What's the? It's as if the, the as if the ananim have have are a backdrop, not just naturally, but, but uh, to, to emphatically remember the keshes goes with the anan. What's what's the what's the message trying to be? And then we have the more general question that's asked by all the mafarshim, and that is why was this chosen to be the sign? And if anything Hashem could have given as a sign for the promise, He chose the Kashas, which is also the controversy in the Rishonim. Did Hashem just create a rainbow now for the first time? But it wasn't created in Mysa Bracious? Or was it in Mysa Bracious and now He's just using it? Was there never a rainbow in history until now? Or was it just now being designated as the sign? Right, so we discussed that, a number of answers to that in the past as well, Ramir Shapiro and other beautiful answers. But this year we'll see the answer of Rav Yosef Nehemia Kornitzer. It's been a long time. The last Rav in Krakow says Rav Yosef Nehemia in source number 10. On the right side. As a great darshan. He uh, gives us a drasha. What does that mean? When we have achdus, when we're all together, when there's ava amongst us, Hashem will leave us alone. That's the pasuk. Hashem will leave us alone. What was the final straw, as Rashi quotes from the Gemara Sanhedrin? The final straw of the Dora Mabel, Ella Bishvil Hagezel. The stealing. 
Right? The Ben Adam Lachavero. That was the final blow. The Chenam Ruchazal. Dor Haflaga Chasalayam. Bishul Shayu Safa Achaz and Ramachadim. We'll get to that, Rabbi in a couple of minutes. The Alkain Yatsa Kesav Adora Mabul. And that's why there was anger. Because they were inner fighting. They were stealing from each other. Now, says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. Kimei Haraui. Haya. Shechelek Elokim. Shebekerev Lev Ish Ve'ish. Ta'achid kulam ba'ahava. Says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia. We all have a Tzalam Elokim in ourselves. We all come from the same source. Shouldn't we therefore be united? Why is it so hard for us to be connected? For us to have achdus? Why is it so difficult? We all come from the same source. We all come from Chelek Elokamimau. Kimimakar echad kadosh yatsu kulam. Vishorish echad lahem lamala. Ve'ech yarimu keshes zeh mulzeh. Why do we pick up, he's having a play on words here, a bow against each other? Why do we pick up, we fight with each other? Why do countries fight with each other? Why does anybody? There's an excuse. Why? The nefashos that we have all come from the same source. But there's something that separates our nefashos from each other. It's our bodies, our goof, our physical elements that get in the way. If we were just neshamas, we'd just be like malachim and it would all be great. It would all be ba'achtus. The problem is our gufim and our physical desires and uh, taivas, that gets in the way. It makes us foolish. We can't see straight. We can't see this. So we each have, we all basically come from the same source of Selim Elohim, but then there are things that separate us and don't let us come together. Says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, think about the sun. The sun is up in the sky. So why is it that sometimes there's sunlight and sometimes there's shade and sometimes there's sunlight and sometimes there's shade? Because there are clouds. And the clouds block, though the sunlight is all coming from the same source, they're separated. When it's filtered down to earth, it's separated from each other. It's not all one ray of sun. That's like a mushal for us. We all should have aftos. You know what? We have problems. We have to work on it. But it's our bodies that get in the way that separate. When Hashem wants to destroy us, He gets upset at us. What does He see? He sees the rainbow, which is, comes from the sun and the rain clouds, which separate the sunlight and diffuse it in different areas. And that's exactly why Hashem chose that. To remind him, kaviyachol, right, whatever it means to remind him of this. And that's why the emphasis, be'anon, be'anon, because the clouds, that's the key here. That's what reminds HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the rainbow and the clouds. Pirish, bishvil, and it's not just clouds, clouds are just rain. It's about the sun and the rain clouds. What's the symbol of the sun and the rain clouds? That's a rainbow. 
that's dafka why Hashem shows the keshes. Right? That it comes. Right? It comes from the. If you want to look, I looked up the just the definition of a rainbow. Definition of a rainbow. Online, a rainbow is a meteorological meteorological phenomenon that is caused by reflection, refraction, and dispersion uh, dispersion of light in water droplets, resulting in a spectrum of light appearing in the sky. It takes the form of a multicolored arc, vichulu. But it's all about being the light being dispersed, separated, because we're separated. That's what causes also all the problems. Why Hashem gets really angry when we fight with each other. So we have to stop. But at least when Hashem wants to destroy us. He sees the separated sunlight as well, and in that way has Rahman and Sanus. Okay, final thought for the evening. Last section of the Parsha that we haven't touched on yet. We try to cover a lot tonight. And that's the Daraflaga. Or how, how others pronounce it, Darhapalaga. Daraflaga, that's how the Minaga Olam is to call it, so that's what we'll call it. And the question is if we look in the Psukim, it's difficult to know exactly what was their hate. What did they do wrong? Again, it's got to be something bad, but it can't be something terrible in that, just by contrast, the Duramabal was destroyed. The Duraflaga was scattered. So whatever it was, it must be that Hashem wasn't so upset about it, or a result could be achieved just by scattering and not by destroying. So what was it that they did? And again, if we look in the Psukim, there is much that is left not explained. The beginning of Paragud Aleph. Everybody was united. We were just talking about united. Everybody was united. They all were united and they came and they lived somewhere. They said, Let's build a big tower. It'll be a very tall tower. What? What's, what's the hate? What's the hate of the Dara Flaga? And Hashem says, Oh, I better do something. There's one nation and one language. He started to do this. That's not going to stop here. Let's, let's mix them up. So, what, what, is, what is Hashem saying here? Says the Ran. In the first drasha, drasha's haran is also mentioned in the Svarno, similar idea. We mentioned the Svarno a number of years ago, but now we see it in the Ran in source 11 and source 12. And he asks in source 11, Ki elu ha'anashim ma'asu, ma'pishem ma'chatasem, ki ratzu liyos kishachar chaveirim. But they wanted to have achdus. Halo roi liyos lahem v'zeschar tov v'amalam. We're talking about the mabel, how they were so separated from each other. So what do we have now? The Doraflaga, they were ba'achdus. So Hashem could be, should be very happy about that. Why is he so upset? Right? We have many chazals that even over the Avodah Zorah So what's the, what was the problem? All the different pshatim that the, that the Midrashim give I don't think fits into the pshat of the Pasuk says the Ran. Let me ask you. So they're on. Oh, some people say, oh, they wanted to build a tower to heaven to like hit God. Come on. The whole world, that's the whole world at the time. They all fell for this foolish, we're going to build a tower and kill God. I mean, come on. Who can imagine? 
You look at the sun. Well, you're going to build a tower. You can't even get to the sun. They were all so foolish that they said, I don't think that's right. And he says, says If this is what they really wanted, Hashem would get angry at them than just scattering them. If they all were so anti-God and trying to, to take him down, no. You know what's clear from the text, says the Ron, line 12? It's clear from the Pasuk that I just read. Pasuk, Parakut Aleph, Pasuk Vav. It's not about what they did, but it's about that what they could do. That's what Hashem says. They started to do this. If I don't stop them now, well, they're not going to stop. So what's happening? What's going on here? Says the Ron Vitzrichin Beer. Let's go to the second to last line. You know what the problem was? This was Achtus. That's great, but you know what? It was an Achtus of Ovde Avodazara, of Rishayim. And they all believed the same exact thing. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, If the entire world believes in the same exact thing, and it's all bad... As the Gemara says, when there's one Rasha, fine, but there's a bunch of Rasham together, it's even worse for all of them. As it says on the bottom, I'm sorry, line 18, not all the way to the bottom. Chevra makes a huge difference. Everybody here was united. Everybody here believed in the same thing. Says the Ran, as he continues, and he can even see it in the Sfarno in the next piece. Hashem said, if they all believe in the same thing, this could lead to the eradication of Emuna in the entire world. What saves us? Ironically, says the Svarno, says the Ran, when all the Ovi Avodah believe in their own Avodah That's how you know that it's not going to last. Because they all believed in their own different thing. They all fight with each other. And eventually they're going to come to the right thing. But if nobody's fighting with each other, and they all have come together to believe in one Avodah Whatever it was. We don't know which one it was. But if they all believe in that, so then that could have dire consequences. So it wasn't as much of an Onesh, says the Ron, says the Sarno, as it was a preventative measure. Similar to Nidon al Shem Sofo. Turn the page. Turn the page for a minute. Go to the back. Go to source number 12. They haven't sinned yet. Hashem sees beyond. And obviously what we're all thinking about, the Sparno says of Beferish, it's like, it's like Ben Saramora. We have to do something for the betterment of what would be in the future. We have to save. And look at the Svarno for a second because we're running out of time. It says the Svarno on line 16. You know how you nullify the, the uh, Ritzonos of the other nations? Machlokes when you have machlokas amongst them, right? When all the nations and the countries in the UN are fighting with each other, so that'll help us out. When they come together, then they have time to worry about worry about being anti anti making all of the uh, motions against us. And therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in this regard, didn't have to destroy them, just separate them, just scatter them. 
and Mamela, everything's okay. Because it's not about what they did, but what they would have done. And the message obviously being the Chevra, the, the, the importance of who we are around and who creates our group. Lara Olatov. When a Russia, you have, you have a lot of different Rosham, that's fine. But when the Rosham have Achtus, that's extremely dangerous. But the opposite, obviously, when you have a tzaddik, wonderful. When you have tzaddikim together, there's no stopping what could be accomplished. The importance of recognizing who is around us and who we spend our time with. Parshas Noach, Baruch Hashem, Allah, that we said. And Hashem will continue next week with the first Jew on the radar, Avram Avinu.